0: We do have a special guest tonight. Bring a lesson to us, Brother Willie B. Williams, the third. There's, there's got to be a story there. If you don't get it while he's here, talk to him later. He's a native of Houston. He's a graduate of Abilene Christian University. Uh, he began his ministry at the West End Church of Christ as the educational and youth director, and soon after that, he became the assistant minister at the Dallas West Church of Christ. Then in 2008. God revealed the need for a plant and a revival of the Church of Christ in the Colony, Texas. Brother Williams answered that call. He's labored vigorously to bring the gospel to a new generation and, and a growing community. He strives to use his gifts to the glory and honor of God while encouraging and admonishing this congregation. And I remember the last time Willie was here and this whole section was full. I've already questioned him where his entourage is but he didn't give them the night off there at the at colony in, cl- in Bible class where they belong, right? So maybe next time. But Willie, we're glad to have you with us, and we look forward to hearing an encouraging word from you tonight.
1: I want to say good evening. Don't be like that. I want to say good evening. <laughs> I'm sensitive. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be here on tonight, and I definitely pray that as we study God's Word collectively tonight, that we will draw closer to God, uh, and that God will be pleased with our study. Uh, Brother Wes has been a blessing unto me, um, just as we meet regularly and monthly as ministers. Um, um, he's, been, he's not only been um, just a wonderful minister, uh, but just a good listening ear, Uh, to just me, uh, uh, as I like to point out, he's a little older than me. Um, So it's a a blessing to have someone uh, that cares about unity and cares about the gospel and cares about doing those things that God has called us to do. I'm also humbled to be with you all on here tonight. Uh, And on tonight, uh, yes, ma'am, I hear you. And on tonight, we'll begin in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6. As you're turning to Deuteronomy, uh, chapter six, if you don't mind, uh, singing a song with me as you find, search, uh, as you investigate where Deuteronomy
2: is. Uh, amen. Why did my Savior come to man to the? I
1: are in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and beginning in verse 9 for you uh, to have the backdrop of why I'm Willie B. Williams III. My great-grandmother had twins, uh, and when my great-grandmother had twins, she decided within her heart uh, to name one Willie D. Williams and name the other child Willie B. Williams. Uh, And so, uh, as time went on, Uh, My grandfather had a son, uh, and it's the second son in my family. He had a son and called him Willie B. Williams, Jr., which is my father. Uh, On the other side, uh, he also had a son and called him Willie D. Williams. Some time had passed on. uh, Some time had passed on. And then my father, my older brother, is named Genesis. Amen. Uh, For those... Uh, for those who may be wondering, I, I make fun of my brother because I say, well, you have to live right. Uh, you can't be in the club and be named Genesis. You, know? <laughs> you can't be in them streets and name Genesis. You know, you got to be holy. So you, we knew who you was going to be. Uh, and so I'm the second son in my family, and I'm Willie B. Williams the uh, third. Unbeknownst to me, on the other side, uh, I played uh, uh, high school football, and I would be in the paper. And it would say, Willie B. Williams ran for so many yards and touchdowns. Uh, and it also said, and Willie, uh, it said, Willie Williams uh, threw for, and I said, that's a mistake. I'm not a quarterback. <laughs> this happened about three weeks. We end up calling the paper. He said, hey, you accidentally got my name in here twice. They said, no, we've investigated. There's a Willie Williams. I said, Daddy, you know what's amazing? There is another Willie Williams at another school. My father thought about it. He said, you know what? He said, let me call my cousin. I called my cousin. I'm I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Uh, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. He called called his cousin. He said, uh, hey, Willie. You know how Willie's talk to each other. Hey, Willie's. Uh, (laughs) He said, hey, do you have a son that plays football? He said, yeah, actually, I do have a son uh, that plays football. Uh, And and he goes to this particular school. Uh, My father said, he said, hey, that's your cousin. Uh, (laughs) There's a Willie D. I just want to let you know there's a Willie D. Williams walking also around uh, the third. Uh, So that's kind of the backdrop of my of my name. uh, Church. Amen. (laughs) Here we are in Deuteronomy, chapter six. Deuteronomy, chapter six. God is speaking to Israel and as God is speaking to Israel. He's communicating some things. When I study Deuteronomy chapter six, I see the vulnerability of God. I see, I see how I see the Father in him, that He not only shows his love, but he's desiring reciprocity. One thing that I realize about any relationship, no relationship can survive without reciprocity. You can't say, "I love you all day long and you never get it back eventually you're going to drain the relationship. And so everybody in here, you have a cup. And there's only so much that's in your cup. And when you really love somebody, what you want to do is you want to pour. When you really love somebody, what you want to do is you want to pour. When you get hurt, when you get wounded, you want to stop pouring. And and you want to keep and you want to protect what you have uh, because you only have so much that's in the cup. And when you really love somebody and when you really care about somebody, what you really want to do is you really want to remove that top and you really want to begin to pour. And I see that in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, God says, listen, I have some plans for you. I really want to do some things with my people, and I love my children. And when you get to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, he's talking about uh, keeping the word. He says, listen, I'm, I'm giving you some commandments, and I'm giving you some teaching. I want to let you know the most intimate thing that you can give a person is not your body. It's your thoughts because my thoughts come from the inside. My thoughts are, are me. And so when I speak, that's why it's very difficult that when you're trying to explain somebody your frustration and they ignore you, it can hurt you to your core sometimes you can identify this in relationships whenever you have a spouse or you have a loved one or you have children and they stop talking it is because their soul is hurting because i'm trying to tell you hey stop doing that hey listen don't that hurts me and when you're trying to communicate and when somebody ignores you it hurts can you imagine when god decided that he wanted a relationship with us he didn't give us his body he gave us the he gave us the word He says, listen, if you embrace the word, you've already embraced the innermost parts of me. That's why the most intimate thing that you can do with a person is shut down the noise and listen to what they're saying. All the most beautiful thing is when a person is heard. See, when I'm heard, I'll give you my heart. When I'm heard, I'll give you the best of me. But if I, if I keep repeating myself over and over and over again, you're starting to frustrate me because if you don't hear what I'm saying, then I feel like you don't see me. And I'll try to change and speak it this way and I'll, I'll try to break it down this way. And at the end, I'll just give up because I feel like, matter of fact, Jesus said it like this, those who will here, Let them hear. But if they don't hear, he says, knock the dust off your what? Knock the dust. And you got to keep moving because if they don't hear you, then he says, then they, they won't receive me. He says, if they reject what you're saying, then they're also rejecting me. In the eyes of Jesus, if you don't hear what I'm saying, it's like you're rejecting me. And I can't give you all of the blessings that are found in heaven. And so uh, when we get to uh, verse 8, he's talking about some of the things that he wants them to do. He says, listen, he, he's coming at the end of this in verse 9, and he says, and you shall write them upon the post of thine house and thy gates. He says, listen, when you're walking around your house, I want the word of God on your mirror, and I want them on the wall, and I want them on the doorpost. He says earlier in the text, he says, listen, when you wake up in the morning, I want you to talk about me. He says, when you go to bed at night, I want you to talk about my word. He says, listen, I want you to teach them amongst your children. Hey, you're supposed to take the word of God home and I want you to be able to to talk about God at your home. Sometimes we put too much pressure on the church where the lessons have to be so uh, elaborate and it has to connect with everybody. What makes the word of God impactful in the church is that you hear it here, but you take it home and you teach it at home you should be praying with your wife and your children and you should be talking about God along the way and in the car and at work and in the morning and and as you as you operate and even in your leisure the word of God should constantly be dwelling in the house and this is what God is teaching Israel see God is teaching Israel not to just promote a service God is teaching Israel that the word of God is a part of your daily life. It becomes very difficult that if I'm trying to talk to you about God and we can only go about two minutes, but we can talk about sports all day long. You can tell what's in a person's heart because they can talk about it frequently. Isn't it amazing that some people can get on the phone and talk to their girlfriends or talk to their family members for two straight hours about foolishness and dirt? But if I want to talk to you about God, all of a sudden you get sleepy or you don't have the time or you want to switch the subjects. Then God begins to realize I know who really loves me. I can tell who really loves me, because when you're really in love, you want to talk about what you love all day long. There's there's something amazing about a grandparent. If you ever if you ever. Run into a grandparent? I don't care what you're talking about. Them grandbabies is finna come into the conversation some way, somehow. Did you hear about the law that they just passed in Congress? I don't understand. But my grandbabies, grandbabies, let me show you. (laughs) Uh, Because when you love, you just want to share it and talk about it. And if you're close to me, I want you to love what I love. Oh, don't we got pictures? And don't we have stories? And you know, little Johnny said the funniest thing earlier today. We're not talking about Johnny. We were talking about the construction on 121. <laughs> but when something is in your heart, you can't help but it overflowing. Sometimes we have people who are very consistent in worship. But just like in Revelation, you've lost your first love. You can tell when somebody's in love. And you can tell when the love has waned. And so he says, listen, I want you to practice loving me. Love me. Because I love you. And if you ever been in a situation before where you love somebody and they don't love you back? That's painful. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you really love somebody and you, was given, you gave your best and they didn't love you back and so you go above and beyond and you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that and they steal all oh, the pain of waking up every morning knowing that you're the only one in the relationship that loves so what God teaches he says listen we're in this relationship i just rescued you from egypt so what i'm asking for you to do is i want you to keep me on your mind. I realize something about love. Love has to be fed. Love has to be fed. And if you spend too much time away, can you imagine, for those of you who are married, can you imagine your spouse saying, hey, listen, uh, I'm gonna go on a trip and I'll be back in two years. Just wait a minute, Uh, when are we leaving? Uh, Or or why are you, you it can't be that long. Some relationships can't last. You can even be meant for each other. But if you spend too much time apart, it can kill the relationship. This is what God knows. It's no accident that we come every week to honor and praise him. And it's no accident that in the word he says, listen, pray without ceasing. You know what prayer is? Prayer in present day time is God say, call me every day. I want to hear your voice every day. I I want you to talk to me every day. You remember the scripture, give no space for the devil. Because if you give too much space, he can come in and speak. And the fall of man is when the serpent got in Eve's ear and delivered another message that God didn't. And it ruined the relationship. It ruined the relationship so badly that God said, you got to leave. You can't even stay here anymore. And when God came down and the Bible says he came down in the cool of the day, he looked around and says, wait a minute. Something's different with our relationship what happened and what happened is somebody entered into the relationship. There was too much space so God no longer wants you to go to Jerusalem to worship him. He says from now on we're going to even get closer. I want to dwell in your heart. You won't worship me with man's hands and you don't have to go to the temple to worship me. He says, because I'm going to make you the temple and me, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, we will now dwell in you. Matter of fact, after the fall, Jesus says, we're going to get closer with one another because I want to make sure that there's no space for another love to get into your heart. And so he says, listen, I want him on your doorpost. I want you to go about the way. And the Bible says here in verse 10, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, and to give thee great and goodly cities which you didn't build. He says, listen, I got some pans for my loved ones. So, what I want you to do is, I want you to think about me every day. I want you to think about me every day, and I want you to have me on your heart. Don't get tired of Bible studies, and don't get tired of praying, and don't get tired of talking about God. And you're supposed to talk about God when you get in the car, and you're supposed to talk about God before you go to bed, and you're supposed to talk about God when you get up in the morning, and you're supposed to talk about God as you go about your day. And don't fill up your day, and don't be so busy that you go 48 hours and you don't talk to me, and you don't read my word, because what ends up happening happening is you may never change your worship schedule, but your passion for God, you can look at each other's eyes. You can tell when somebody's passion. You remember when you first got excited and you got your new Bible and your new Bible bookmark and your new uh, uh, t-shirt that say I'm saved and you was on fire and you wanted to go tell everybody about Jesus Christ. One of the worst things sometimes that you can do is take a new convert and sit them with an old Christian. Because an old Christian would say, oh, that's nice. Are you excited about God? That's wonderful. Have a seat. And they say, hey, when are we going to take this city for Jesus? Oh, we should. You're right. We need to go and spread the gospel. You just go about it on your own way. Sometimes those who've been in Christ a long time, you can see the fire in their eyes kind of go down. They're not leaving the church, but there's no fire. So sometimes the worst thing you can do is get connected to somebody who's been in it for a long time. This is why they have uh, wedding anniversaries. This is why they have renewal services. Right? They say, hey, listen, let's do this again. Let's, let's do this again. They, hey, I want you to stand here. And we've been married 20 years. But I, I want you to stand here like you did on day one. And I'm going to come down the aisle like we did on day one. Now, some people don't want to do that because... You don't want the answer. The Bible says, listen, I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build. We're in verse 11. And then the houses will be full of those good things which you fill us not in wells uh, that were digged and which uh, thou diggest not. And I'll give you vineyards and olive trees which you didn't plant. And when you shall have eaten uh, thou the be before. He said, listen, I got some stuff prepared for you. I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build. I'm going to give you gardens that you didn't plant. Hey, listen, to be in a loving relationship with God, I'm going to provide for you. There's some things that you're asking and looking for God to do for you right now. He said, listen, you won't have to worry with me because, listen, I've made plans for my children. Listen, you're not here on accident and you don't have to fight on your own. When you're with God in a loving relationship, he's already mapped out the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Matter of fact, he starts... With the end in mind, I know exactly where I want you to go. And so with that, he says, listen, just know that the benefit package to Christianity, have you looked at the benefit package? Oh, the benefit package is awesome. Some of you uh, uh, apply for a new job and you got a new position and they show you, hey, this is is your office, this is where you're going to be, this is your department, this is what you're going to run. You say, okay, that's nice, that's nice. What's that salary looking like? <laughs> yeah, what's the salary? And, and, and listen, the salary is good. The salary is good. But you know what's even better than the salary? It's the benefit package. They say, hey, listen, this your insurance? This your new parking spot? This how much vacation you're going to get? Hey, we get tickets to the, uh, to the Mavericks game? Oh, you get to, get to the booth? Hey, listen, we also, you, you have access to this and you have access to this vehicle and you can do this and do that. Hey, the benefit package in Christ is awesome. And he's letting them know if you read the verses, he says, Listen, I got some great benefits for you houses, gardens. And notice what he said about the house. He said, Within the house, I'll fill it with a bunch of good stuff. Well, Jesus, well, well Lord, what you about to put in the house? What kind of couch, what kind of Jerusalem couch, God, you finna to put in the house? I'm excited about the benefit package. But then there's a concern that God has. And the concern is in the next verse. And his concern says, verse 12, then beware. Lest you forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. He's vulnerable. God is vulnerable. He said, listen, I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff for you. He said, but don't forget about me. We're made in the image of God so we are just like God. Every now and then, don't you want to hear your children say, Mama, I love you. See, this is why we have Mother's Days and Father's Days, so that we we can hear it. And sometimes it feels good when the children come all the way down and they surprise and say, hey, mama. And he like, ah. Oh. Especially when you know they've traveled a long way and then they surprised you. Oh, you better come and get this mama hug. Oh. And the father said, hey, hey, dad, we gave you more than a tie this year. <laughs> oh, it feels good. Every now and then, you want to hear somebody say, you're doing a good job. You know, you know you're wonderful. Isn't it every now and then you want somebody to say, you know what, I wouldn't be here because of you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Hey sis, I want to thank you for praying for me. And I know you, you call my name unto God and I want to thank you for praying for me. Hey brother, I want to thank you for all the work that you do around the church. I want to thank you for the sacrifices that you make. Hey, I know that you show up when nobody else is here, and I know you take care of this. And hey, sis, I want to thank you for decorating for the event. Isn't it every now and then you want somebody to say, "I appreciate you." God said, "Listen, I've done a lot of things for you. I want to let you know, church, like you—you didn't get here on your own. Like God did. God's done a lot of things for you. And He says, but." but don't forget about me, like like you got up this morning, but you didn't pray, like you didn't say thank you God for another day, like you're taking too many days for granted, like when was the last time you fasted? Like you haven't fasted and prayed in a long time. Like you worry and you don't read. Like when was the last time you brought the whole family down in your house And had a Bible study. When was the last time? You know what? You let Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday go by and you didn't even pick up your Bible. I think you're forgetting about me. You remember that last time you was in traffic and you got a little really angry and you started cussing? Like you forgot that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit was in you. You remember when you was really stressed and you went to the liquor cabinet and you just said you was going to take a few shots So you can kind of. But you forgot to pray that what the liquor or what the alcohol can do that the Holy Spirit was supposed to do. I think you're forgetting about me. You know, how like you stayed out too long. Or, you know, how like you got that secret sin, Or like you keep turning to porn or you you keep you keep reaching out to certain friends that you know that are not good to you. I know you look good right now, but I think you're forgetting about me. There's nothing about your church schedule that's changing. You look good. And nobody's even saying anything because you're keeping your schedule. The problem that I have is that when I look in your heart, I think you're forgetting about me. He says, listen, he says in verse 12, then beware lest you forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. And you fear that the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods and of the gods of the people which are round about you. I think you've forgotten what I've, what I've done for you. I remember when I was younger and I got a little bit beside myself. And I was getting ready to graduate and go to college. And my father taught me a very valuable lesson. Kind of got beside myself, you know. I'm 18 now. Uh, I'm smelling myself uh, and everything. And so I'm ready to go. I got my little bag. I'm, I'm about to pack, and I'm about to go to school. I'm about to go to college. And so uh, I go in my room and I start packing. It's time for me to go. I'm grown, because I need respect. You know what I mean? Like, I need respect. <laughs> start packing and putting stuff in my bag and put everything in there. And uh, after I got everything in, uh, by that time, my father walked in. And and when my father walked in, he said, okay, just, you got everything. You got everything packed. I said, yes, sir, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. He said, okay, okay. Let me. He said, uh, I bought this. <laughs> he said, I bought that. I bought this. I bought that. I paid for this. He started taking everything out. And I wanted to say something. I was like, okay, you did. Okay. No, you did. You bought that too. You bought that too. <laughs> and he got down to the end. And there was nothing in the bag. (laughs) And he's standing in my room, and he says, I want to let you know, everything you have, I bought it. He said, but I'll tell you what. And what he said was like the coldest thing next, and it humbled me. He said, but I'll tell you what. And he grabbed some underwear. He grabbed some underwear. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll let you have the underwear. He said, I'll let, let you have the underwear. And I'm sitting there looking, he said, even though I bought the underwear. And then he told me something that I never forgot. He said, but just know that when you go to school, you're wearing my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not grown. He says, the day you buy your own underwear, that's the day I'll treat you like a man. And I and he left. And I'm standing in my room. And I said, <laughs> he right. I'm wearing his underwear. I had got beside myself. I forgot the days that he took care of me and fed me three times a day and bought me shoes just because I wanted to be popular. I forgot the, I forgot the trips that he paid for which was extra it wasn't needed it was just because of something that I wanted and he paid for those trips I forgot the times where my heart was broken and he sat on the bed and and he comforted me and he spoke God into me I forgot that the days that he brought my brothers and sisters and he taught us all the gospel and and he, he tried to teach us Jesus Christ and I didn't come to Christ on my own somebody taught me somebody set me down and explain to me the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament and the difference between Satan and God and the difference between holiness and unrighteousness. I didn't teach myself how to walk. I didn't teach myself how to ride a bike. I forgot that there was somebody who literally every day took care of me. And how dare I raise my tone and speak to the one who's provided for me. And then I think about God. And God said, don't you forget about me. To the point where I've brought you all of this way. Sometimes sometimes I, I feel some type of way in in worship. Because sometimes even the way we sing the songs, right? Sometimes Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. And the way we sing it, it's almost like we're doing God a favor. Victory in Jesus, my Savior. And you can tell when somebody's in love. I know how they sing love songs. Do you know what I realized about our psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? What I realized is they're all love songs to Him. Now when you're singing a love song to somebody, you don't sing victory in Jesus my say it's almost like you're treating me like I'm common. you act like the oxygen that flows through you you act like you're doing that like the strength in your body I give that. Matter of fact, the Bible calls it daily bread. I give you what you need daily. The only reason that you're in your right mind, there's some people right now, loved ones that some of you may know. They've lost their right mind. Matter of fact, right now, you got to go visit them because they've lost their strength. And they've lost their faculties. And what we say is, oh, maybe something's happened to them or maybe they're getting older. But what you don't realize is the Lord decides the day that he'll stop that supply. See, I don't care how young I am. The only reason I'm able to stand before you right now is because the Lord decided this day to deliver the strength for me to be able to stand. If I don't say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. How do you teach appreciation? How how do you preach love? How do you preach? How do you preach thankfulness? And sometimes it's just in our attitude. Maybe what I'm talking about this, this evening is just our attitude. Hey, listen, if you're gonna prepare my plate, prepare it with love. Like if you prepare my plate, Hey, Brother Williams, how you? I just want. And do you want a biscuit? Yes, ma'am. I do want a biscuit. And I want you to put a little smile on it. Do you want some corn? Yes, ma'am. I would like some corn. Do you got some cream corn? Yes, I put the little cream corn it. And then, yes, I would like some ham. Thank you so much. And, and 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 prepare it with some joy. And when someone, have anybody ever ate some food by and, and it was cooked from someone who loved you? mean you want to go home to your mama and it cooks up and you can just taste the love in between the season. Oh, my mama loved me. Just, and it just go down your chin. My mama loved me. I can just I can just taste it. I don't want somebody preparing my food. And you got an attitude. Some of you will get it from the restaurant if you don't like the service. I don't want nobody putting food on my plate with Adam. Here you go. It don't even taste right. How is it that when you pray to God, have you thought about how he washed your sins away? Have you thought about the sacrifices that he made for you? You remember all the prayers you prayed in 2013 and you remember how you didn't think you was gonna make it in 2010? You remember how your marriage was on the rocks in 2001? You remember when your child called you in the middle of the night in 2011? You remember how you had to go to the jailhouse and bail out your family members in 2009? You remember like in 1985, you you wasn't really living for God? You remember how you came to Christ in the 90s? You, You remember how your family and it was such turmoil, you didn't know how things were going to turn around? Oh, how we forget. Do you know what communion is? Do this and remember me you're supposed to remember and when you remember there's supposed to be some gratitude oh thank you do you know why we pray before communion because as you're holding the bread and as you're holding the cup it's reflective and you're remembering he washed me he cleansed me he's forgiven me you remember that season when you wasn't living right and nobody knew it you remember that secret sin? You remember when you were sneaking around or sleeping around? Or you remember when you were doing drugs? And you remember when you was wilding out in the, in, in, in the community and doing all kind of stuff? And you remember your reputation was bad? And you remember when you was doing this and doing that and people were talking about you? And God showed you grace? And God gave you another day? And God restored you? He said, oh, but you're going to forget about it
2: forget about me.
1: My time is uh, moving quickly, very quickly. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and we'll close there. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, I just want to read a few verses and we'll close. I want us to say just look at 1 and 2 and we'll be done. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1, all the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may live... And that you may multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And then he says this in verse 2. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. And I did it so that I can humble you. So that I can test you, approve you. To know what's in your heart. And whether or not you will keep. His commandments are known. And he humbled thee. He suffered thee to hunger. He says, I did all of these things. Because I really want to know what's in your heart. Do you love me? Do you really care about me? I remember hearing a sermon one time, and I'll repeat this to you. They said the most selfish people in the world, the most selfish people in the world are those who know the gospel and don't share it. The most selfish people in the world are those who know how to be saved, but don't tell anybody how. That you obeyed the gospel, but you didn't go and tell anybody else. Maybe the word and the seed that I wanted to plant in your heart on tonight is maybe, maybe, you need to have a renewal service with Christ. The Bible says that when somebody comes to Christ, you get married to Christ. the church is married the church is the bride of Christ and maybe in your relationship with Christ maybe you've allowed the love to grow cold what they tell husbands sometimes is hey do the things that you did in the beginning so that you can keep it fresh you know and maybe somewhere along the line you got mad at each other she stopped putting sugar in your grits because she mad at you I don't know You stop doing a little extra. Like he said to the church in Revelation, get your first love back. The next time you sing to Jesus, you sing with your whole heart. Because it's a love song. You thank God. Don't sing harder in the car than you do in the house of the Lord. I know when your jam come on, you're singing. I see you on the highway, you're going to town, it's blaring in the car. Don't give the world more passion and more heart than you do for the songs of God in His house. Don't spend two hours talking about the gossip and news of the world and you only spend five minutes a day praying. Don't let your love grow cold.
2: Because he, isn't he a good God? Isn't
1: he an awesome God? He says, don't forget about me. Before we close, I do got to let you know, and I know some of you are wondering, and I don't want anybody questioning me after service. I bought my own underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grown now. <laughs> I pray that you go throughout our furtherance of this week, give God your whole heart. There are times in my life, I forgot about God. There are some people who say, I don't have any regrets. I have many regrets. And the regrets that I have is, I regret every time I hurt him. I regret every time. Somebody says, well, it all worked out for the better, but I didn't have to hurt him to get to better. I could have just obeyed. I didn't have to to disrespect him to get to a better place. That was a better way. As you go throughout the furtherance of this week, give God the best of you. If there's any sin in your life, purge it. If there's anything in your house that dishonors God, get rid of it. And if there's any hatred, if there's any unforgiveness in your heart, get rid of it. Because you do not know the day nor the hour. Don't let anything take the place of where love is supposed to be. And at the end of the day, when God calls your name, you want to make sure you gave God your best. Let us stay in.
2: Till Jesus comes out, sing his praise and to the uh, and reign with him through in this endless... because he loved me so and he love. A- Jesus love, Jesus love me so. He, He gave His precious life for and for me be He loved
1: Holy and righteous Father, as we leave this place, we pray, Father, that the word and, this, and the message, that, Father, that was received on tonight, let it be pleasing and acceptable in your eyesight. Father, forgive us for any sins. God, have mercy on our souls. Help us, that, Father, that our love does not grow cold. Help us, that, Father, that we will earnestly, and as the deer, help us, that, Father, that we thirst after you. Father, watch over our homes and our loved ones and our children and protect our hearts from the wiles and the schemes of Satan. Help us, dear Father, that our zeal and our love for you will be greater than the desire of the world. Father, we need you as we go through the furtherance of this week, for without you, we cannot do nothing. Without you, dear Father, we cannot move or or operate. We need you, Jesus, and we need you every hour. We thank you and we love you in your wonderful In your glorious and precious name we pray, amen.